Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. We are on our once a week schedule cool. uh, from Just- now until post July 4th, unless we have reason to do a second podcast. We are in there, which we might. I went to the trouble of really kind of mapping out, you know, what all we're going to talk about in the off season. And um, I'll be honest with you, filled up pretty quick. <laughs> it was. It uh, did. I did, yeah. I did this once just kind of around events. I, th- I did this mm-hmm. last year. It's like the, the annoying thing was there's like, oh, there's nothing this week. And then the one week it's like, oh, the, the tour, you know, the French Open and this big auto race and this big horse race and everything was like in one week. I'm like, well, we're not doing four pods that week. That's just not happening. <laughs> yeah. Take and choose. But I think I think we'll have some extra content uh, once we get towards the draft. But honestly, mm-hmm. that might just be you coming over to join me in VR. That's a good a, call, on a, actually. On a Thursday afternoon yeah. and talking uh, some fifth-year option, which uh, I'm excited this week. We're starting yeah. to get close to more free agency news. We did see, I, I won't spoil all the stuff we're going to talk about tomorrow, but a signing in Washington, some players being released by Tennessee. Like, all of this stuff matters. If anybody remembers, like, Evan Neal was minus 200 to go to the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. And I cannot for the life of me think of the name of the player they signed. Who was the lineman they signed in free agency? Cam Robinson. Yeah, Rob, and they, they, they signed, tagged him. They tagged him. They t- yes, yeah, they tagged him. So he stayed with the team and suddenly it's like, hey, maybe they go defense here. Mm-hmm. This could uh, this mm-hmm. could change things. So and even agents, that was next assumption was wrong. That they were the, the next Hutchinson. the next assumption was <laughs> yeah. Aiden. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. And we I will yeah, we'll, we'll spend a long time in the Anthony Richardson steam, which is hilarious, honestly, in my mind. I think Neil even faded to Icky before it flipped it to was, defense, right? It was it went Icky because he's you know, you could use him still on that line, and then it went Hutch. It was mm-hmm. it was a process. I was just saying this in a chat. I want to write down all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's happening like the Richardson steam today. So mm-hmm. we can look back at this in May and be like, what a fucking weird journey we took guys. Because until you get through p- at least part of free agency and the combine, these mock drafts you're reading this week are really, really wild guesses. And I know there's some people that are putting in some hard work and trying, but it's, it's so tough because even the guys who have information, <laughs> Don't have a lot of information yet, and some big things are going to happen. Some weird steam's going to come out of the combine. Really, free agency oh. absolutely matters, especially for the teams at the top, like the Bears, who have a million dollars to spend. But I digress. We'll get into that tomorrow. With, I think they have uh, several yeah. million to spend. <clears throat> a million, hundred million, hundreds of millions. I think it's um, like a hundred million. The um, yeah, there are some markets popping. Finally, uh, oh, I, I saw a bookmaker hang three markets today. And there's already shenanigans going on. <laughs> uh, I call shenanigans. I just did. you call shenan. You just called shenanigans. Okay, they've been called. <laughs> yeah, I saw Anthony Richardson was fifty to one. You could get as many clicks as you want. A thousand bucks a pop. He's now eight hundred to one. Or eight, <laughs> you know eight to eight to one. Eight hundred to one. Eight hundred. You know, I, yeah, I did not bet any Richardson. Uh, yeah. Uh, I would bet him an eight hundred to one. 
I think that's <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's probably not that far away from fair. Um, I would, I would we'll have a good laugh if he ultimately does become you know the tar the apple of yeah, someone's this eye. This conversation we're having um, here, yeah, this is essentially a conversation we could have had about Baker Mayfield. Like that's ago. actually true. You know, people got Baker in the thirty to one range, like knocking on the door of the draft. Yeah. Am, I, am I misremembering that? I just, I just don't see it because someone would, someone would have to trade up for. Like, I just don't see. There's multiple teams that are that in love with Richardson over uh, all three other quarterbacks and two defenders mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they would trade up. So it, it does feel a little weird, but you never know. We wait for the combine. We what's wait for the, the, what's the fair the price news. on Bryce Young being the third SEC quarterback drafted? <laughs> Seems crazy in in uh, in that, yeah. that context, but uh, who knows? Um, and, uh, we'll talk a lot more about the draft. Talk a lot more about free agency. I'm excited to see what happens. Is there a free agency store you are especially keen to get just a general feel for? I mean, the, the quarterback stuff, obviously, because it affects the draft so much. Like the the car saga, mm-hmm. the fact that Daniel Jones. You know, that has something has to happen there yet with uh, either them coming to an agreement or doing some sort of tag or trading them for Christ's sakes. And then what they do with Saquon at that point as well, because that would put them in a unique position. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, seeing what becomes of that whole deal, that might that might be a little longer before we get. I think he has to sit in the dark for quite a while longer. Mm, okay. before we can actually get closure on that. But the quarterback stuff is important, I think. And then just like, <clears throat> not just the Bears, but <clears throat> my God, we need to drink water. Some of the, you know, some of the other teams with a lot of money to spend and higher draft picks because what they do matters to, you know, if they have a list of five needs and they check a box like in free agency with one of them, it changes how we feel about them at the ninth, 10th, 15th spot. Yeah. Like Carolina Carolina is another good example of that, depending on what they do. You know, they're, they're a team that's very liable to draft a quarterback if something falls or they move up. But if Derek Carr is in Carolina blue, then which I don't think is the right color. Blue. I really Carolina hope that blue doesn't happen. The, the, Carolina blue is the, uh, the Tar Heels. The only quarterback that moves a needle for that I'm Said it just uh, is Lamar Jackson. Um, I didn't even say him. I am not. I am not. I am not in the same spot as likelihood. Most of the uh, they seem to be pretty, pretty, pretty um, convinced that he sticks in Baltimore. And I don't know. That's that situation seems to have curdled pretty aggressively. So. Uh, we'll see about that. Um, but we're yeah, not here I'm, to talk about the future. I, yeah, I have I have hot takes on Lamar too. We'll get to them someday. Yeah, no, I and maybe I just want to see him with a team that appreciates him more. Who's <laughs> going to give him money and give him some weapons to work with so he can you know put up put up put on a show? But uh, yeah, it doesn't feel like um, it doesn't feel like the. I mean, the Ravens had so many opportunities to already give him the bag. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know that they're going to ultimately do it, which seems to be the expectation. So we'll see. Um, we're not here to talk about the past. I mean, the future, Andy. We're here to reflect on the past and the past being specifically is, the 2022-2023 season. Uh, a couple of interesting little nuggets for you, Andy. Um, the uh, average uh, home spread, home field advantage this last year, uh, through 277 games was um, 
Interesting. I think that's where we that's where we started the year. You I think guess, that, was, uh, that was your projected uh, home field. Yeah, was yeah it was exactly. So, uh, and do you I don't think guess, you can uh, get much lower than that. Like, what's the what? What is the absolute floor for that? Let's say fifty years from now, people are fucking teleporting from one city to another, and they're you know taking pills that give them the best eight hours of sleep of their life. Mm-hmm. Like, what what is the absolute floor for home field? Like a point, point and a half. It's still well, still a ref bias. Robot, yeah, robot refs or robot refs. We, robot, okay. robot refs would take some of it away. Hmm. At, at that point, it's literally just the stadium environment and familiarity and the way your team is constructed compared to what your you know your environment. And if the Packers water the field before. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That. Exactly that. Um, I just don't see. I don't pretty see. Small. Yeah. <laughs> Never. I don't yeah. see it getting a ton lower over the next decade. Like 1.5 to 2 is kind of probably the it range. It bottomed out in the pandemic year with no crowds at 1.3. Um, it's going to take a while to go lower than that, I think. Yeah. Um, you want to guess what uh, home teams were against the spread over the balance of the season? Was 1.8 fair? What was the, uh, the, what was the spread record of home teams this year? In the I'll, just, I'll just give you a percentage. Okay. Home teams went 135, 136, and 6 against the spread this year. So if you blind bet either side, you'd lost money. You lost a lot of money, (laughs) depending on how much you're staking, I guess. Um, But you, yeah, at at a minimum, uh, you lost a decent chunk of your change. Home teams did go straight up. They were 158 and 117, winning by an average of 2.25 points. Interestingly enough, a little bit of a divorce there, but that's because of the power of three, pulling the actual result a little higher than what the fair market was. But how about that, that the market was so sharp that home teams were almost spot on 500 this season against the spread is pretty wild. Um, The totals, not as sharp this year. And you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, this was uh, interesting because we had we had a a steady climb, and I don't know if we talked about this preseason. If we said we think this continues to go up, or if it's leveling off, it did not level off. Like, what did what did the average total end up being? Forty four point two, which is compared to last year, Drew. 45, 40, excuse me, 46.5. Yeah. So we have a two point and two plus point adjustment to the, to the under. Um, and I'd it took a little to while to guesses. get there. I'd love to hear some guesses in the chat. What, and the, uh, these, there's no right answer, but there might be eventually if we lots of contributing factors. Sure. But yeah, yeah the, from the chat, if you guys want to start chiming in on the contributing factors, do a two point, mm. a two point average drop. Amazing. Um, I think a lot of it was uh, just the Broncos. <laughs> it's, it's, it's still 32. It's not a huge sample. The Broncos can bring it down. That's just mean. The two ID oh, pop calls. Good. Uh, um, I think if, we, if, we high, playing, yeah. if we were playing, if we were playing, price price is right. Uh, family uh, feud. Yeah, Family Feud. The, that, that, number one. Number yeah, one. Number Show one on the board. Potato salad. Yeah, show me potatoes out. That's good, man. Um, yeah, 44.2 is the lowest total that we have seen on average in the NFL going back to 2011 
was 43.7. Um, and this is a huge reversal in the trend because, again, the pandemic season totals got as high as 48.3 before now coming back down to earth. Um, yeah, a lot of it is defensive scheming. And really and truly, the fact that the offensive minds did not really come into this season with a, a strategy to really bust the too high. And so the two high, it kind of got entrenched. Like that was really, uh, you know, everybody was doing it, especially if you had like a, a quarterback that could take the top off your defense. Like, okay, we're not going to let you do that. Um, and, you know, you make a team be precise and cross the street a hundred times, get to the end zone. Eventually they're going to either stub their toe and, uh, or, and, or your defense is going to come away with a, you know, a game changing play from a, you know, a sack standpoint or, um, you know, an interception is liable or it's just, it's just requires too much per- perfection and only Pat Mahomes apparently can do that. Um, so. And it, and it of, is a uh, push yeah. and pull. I'm, I'm not going to come out here and say like totals will land a point higher next year. Uh, I feel like, I feel like they will. Uh, I feel like just generally my, my, my thought process, what I've seen uh, in the league over the last, you know, freaking 20 years of, hey, offenses are doing this. And then, you know, obviously sometimes there's rule changes that really affect things, but it's usually defenses adjust to it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, like, mm-hmm. Christ, remember remember when the RPO was sort of new and it was never like a brand new thing, you know? No. A lot of things like that have been done in college for many, many years at a, you know, a different type of scale, but... It's like, oh my God, what do we do with this? Like, uh, it was, I mean, it was like that was just sort of like Kaepernick years. Like, Kaepernick is killing us with this run pass option, and then <laughs> defenses adjust, or you know, in a in a really short sample size. Uh, if you want to really compress that, it's like, oh my God, the Wildcat really worked for that one game, and then like three weeks later, it had died. It was uh, one of those memes on Twitter, RIP the Wildcat. Mm-hmm. You know, don't. Uh, don't cry because it's over, but it is, it is something. And I guess I'm a little surprised. We didn't see better offensive scheming this year. Yeah. Same f- fight against that. But at the same time, what, what is the the best offensive scheming against that is taking short stuff over the middle. Um, mm-hmm. I call it the Kelsey zone. Like yeah. if you just want to take constant, easy stuff to like some of, and nobody else has a Kelsey really, but something like that, or, a, you know, a good slot receiver, good running backs who can scheme a nice wheel, a nice wheel route, whatever. Ooh, yeah. And if you take that sort of stuff to beat too high, you may be a more efficient offense than you were not doing that and trying mm-hmm. to press against that, but you still may score fewer points per game, even though you're being efficient. So maybe the ultimate answer is here that this type of defensive play calling is going to depress scoring. And even, even the best answers against it are still just going to take longer to get to the end zone. On you know average. what? Those you know what drives just may that? take longer. You know what illustrates that? EPA per play? Yeah. Twenty twenty one. Sorry, well, twenty twenty season. What a, the what average, a segue. The average EPA per play. 0.04 last year down to 0.02 this year 0.005 <laughs> we were almost at neutral like you know offense and defense now squaring off to epa per play of effectively zero on average is amazing um and so basically if you had an offense that could generate positive epa per play like the eagles or the chiefs you were 
fucking amazing. <laughs> because, and, yeah. I mean, a lot of you did see this as Sam Lipscomb points out. Like, some of the highly efficient offenses were run heavy, and some of them were very effective with their runs. Mm-hmm. And, Surely. I mean, that is going to be, you know, a big gaudy EPA per play mm-hmm. is yeah. nice, but a positive EPA per play at all. If you can consistently have, you know, just positives and you have, and your success rate is at a high enough level, I guess Mm -hmm. it's, you know, the other team can't score when you have the ball. Uh, If it takes you 10 minutes to drive down the field, such as life, I guess, if you're being efficient about it, that you're still going to overperform other teams. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny, um, all of this belly aching about those defenses, the too high, which was effectively designed to stop Mahomes. Uh, the league average EPA per play. <laughs> Good job. He only won the Super Bowl. Um, and not only that, Andy, he had his best EPA per play for like of the last four seasons. <laughs> it was noticeably higher. He was like a 0.14 last year. This year they had 0.17, 0.18, something like that. So in the absence of Tyreek Hill, their offense somehow got better, which I think leads me to my first kind of general takeaway or conclusion of this season. We are in the Pat Mahomes era, period. He is now the player to beat in the NFL. And a huge part of the reason is he came into the game as a young player with a physical set of tools that completely changed the way offenses could operate and the way defenses elected to play. And now in the interim, he has been forced to have to learn other ways to attack you. And he has successfully achieved that to the tune of, uh, you know, his his offense was more effective this year in the absence of Tyree Kill than it was the last two seasons, um, which is amazing. And I honestly like age now is he's a little bit more resilient to the aging curve because he has more ways he can attack you. Um, the team itself, the Chiefs, has more flexibility to go add dynamic pieces to the roster. If they want to give you multiple looks, they can. Um, so. Yeah, I think uh, the fact that the Chiefs ultimately won the Super Bowl and, you know, are being kind of lauded as, you know, the clear champions, best team in the NFL this year is, I think, a, a very prescient sign of the, you know, the the future of, you know, the next what, five years, probably. Like this Yeah, is- and, I, and I, I did. We never really talked about this in the I'm not even sure if it got a ton of shine when we did a Super Bowl recap, but a big dig even on last year's Chiefs teams was. Mahomes started to throw a lot more interceptable balls. Mm-hmm. And I mean, how many do you think he threw in the Super Bowl? Uh, I'm not super sure. One, I saw one. Maybe. Maybe. Like I'd set the over under oh, at a man. half. And a lot of, I mean, th- throughout the playoffs, and uh, you know, the, the Bengals game was good. And that was a tough. He game. had one pass that was behind a guy that if it had gotten tipped, it would could have been intercepted. Yeah. That's but, all I remember. I mean, I, I think I think some of that got cleaned up just by the new scheme, too. Mm-hmm. It was a, a lot. You know, they still had moments this year, but especially when it mattered, uh, that was a lot cleaner. I'm not sure if I want to give coaching staff uh, credit for that. They did, and it's funny, the Chiefs did finally lose a coordinator. <laughs> Didn't get married. You know, we'll get to that further down the road. A lot of that doesn't matter at this point. We'll talk. They elevated somebody who I was like, <laughs> oh, uh-oh. Who is... Who got elevated? Oh, it's somebody good. Um, I know the oh, Bay Hill is an elevated event, and then so is the players. <laughs> um, That's the next two weeks of golf, not this week, where we have the yeah, uh, yeah took the air out of the Honda Classic. Um, the um, yeah, so I mean, I, honestly, like the the Chiefs 
and Pat Mahomes in particular, Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes as a combo, Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes, and T- Travis Kelsey as a trio, if you want to go that far, uh, they were forced to learn and adapt and find new ways to make your life miserable. Uh, and they achieved it successfully. Um, so best of luck to all the defensive coordinators now finding you know a different way uh to defend these guys because they've solved the problem um and you need now you now need an offense to score into the 40s to be able to beat them at the biggest stage as the eagles learned firsthand um you know and you know what i hate with with the b enemy thing too is like sure people are gonna say like if if the chiefs are good next year they should be good I don't see a lot of reasons, you know, if they, if they work this, mm-hmm. uh, probably releasing one of their receivers, signing someone else, maybe a little slightly different type of receiver, they can probably improve a little, but the offense is going to be good. And people are going to be like, see, they, the enemy didn't do anything. That's why he didn't get hired. It's like, oh man, that's, that's going to be a, sh- that's going to be a shitty take that people have. Yeah. And then, and then all on top of that, like the enemy might be working with Howell who could legitimately be like, he could be Malik Willis bad. We don't know how, how bad some of these rookies are. We don't see a lot of like the enemy. I, I like that. He did this. I like that. He's, you know, forging on his own, trying to make a name for himself as a play caller, but man, it, it just feels like this is such a shitty spot to set him up for a C. He was doing nothing in Kansas city and look how bad Washington is. Like he's terrible. He's never going to get hired now, which I, I guess take a shot on it. So, I'm just I'm looking I'm I'm not looking forward to that shitty tape flying around. Oh, it wasn't somebody good who got elevated. It's Matt Beekman. Yeah, it was Nagy. But he's back. He's <laughs> together with Nagy. Did you and I miss it? Oh. What's that? No, some Matt I mean, Nagy, Pat Mahomes there. Sam- Chad had it right away, but yeah. <laughs> Sam, I, Sam I don't know why my I don't know why, but my stream yard yard no longer wants to work on my fucking computer i think it may be me um everybody i've worked with this week has no it's not it's mine no i know i know it's i'm i know but it's uh noops had trouble today a little bit before the show noon and yesterday i think i just feel like it's my fault just i'm just down on myself a little this week maybe it's it's fault because it's since the super bowl since the super bowl i've been uh yeah I I I know I'm on delay now. I don't. This is going to be impossible to have a conversation, but I'll try. Um, I like to live. Basically, louder. Yeah, bad but louder. No, I mean they're they're going to show their golf on delay. <laughs> oh, they are. Yeah, like are some of the serious? rounds are going to be on delay. It's not great. Oh no. All right. Uh, what? Now, now I now I know what you dealt with for those years when I was working on on um, uh, twenty eight point eight. Yeah, why don't you go ahead with a, a point you want to make about your reflection on the 2023 season, 2022 season? I mean, I'll just take the easy one right off the bat, and it's something we mentioned early and often towards the second half of the season. And I haven't had, I haven't had time to actually sit down with like SQDL and look into this, and I haven't decided what kind of splits I want to use for this thought experiment it's not a thought experiment it's an actual data experiment but <clears throat> i'm not sure why it took us so long to put these two things together but to, if you remember long teasers were a little rough to start the season mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Wong oh, teasers, there were people who published like the death of Wong. oh yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, people, they, people have some hot takes there. Yeah, put him in the ground. Um, his name is not Wong. Uh, <laughs> but at the end of the year, it and again, it was probably a little hotter than it should have been, but it was awful fun when you would cash like seven out of eight legs every week. Uh, Wong mm-hmm. teasers were super hot, and we finally just said it on a pod. We're like, well, the whole premise of a Wong teaser is based off this market is efficient this the median score the you know the the median score is going to fall pretty close to this more often in week 12 than it will in week 3 things should be fairly efficient here and these long teasers are based off the efficiency of the market and the fact that we're crossing these key numbers and getting up to a spot at a a reasonable price considering what it should cost us. Like, I think it's what it was it like minus two sixty three is what a single like if you if you look at a Wong teaser as a parlay a two team parlay they're minus it's like minus two sixty three minus two sixty something yeah 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 roughly roughly minus two sixty and. I mean, the basic premise is this should cost you like minus 310 to do this. You're getting a discount on both legs. You parlay them together. The discount's even better. Minus 110 should be something closer to like minus 130. You're getting a, you're getting a solid discount on that, and you just mm-hmm. do it long enough, and it's going to work out over the long run. But uh, after some research, and maybe I'll uh, jot some notes on this on Twitter once I actually look into this, mm-hmm. I think there's probably a case for – uh, staking quite differently when you're doing longs. Oh yeah, where we're you know maybe not even like half units. Like, hey, let's play them at the beginning of the season because I think it's still plus it's EV. Still plus EV play, yeah. But maybe quarter, kind of quarter Kelly stakes, and then once we get towards the end of the year, hundred mm-hmm. unit whale whale bombs. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not, maybe not that extreme, but if I'm definitely could, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely gonna try to look at like. I'm gonna. I'll build up some <laughs> curves of like win percentage yeah. week one, and I'll try to go back like ten years, see what we have. Like I'll do it on the uh, maybe even split it out by dogs and favorites, homes. See what we can do with some. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, look at me! I might get into uh, G, some GG plot here and build some actual charts Ooh. if I get some time. But if it comes out like there's a, there's not gonna be some like line of demarcation like it's week eight, guys. After mm-hmm. week eight, jack it up. I think it's gonna be a slow climb after kind of midway in the season there. Once the markets get tight, once the, the sides are tougher to beat, it's crazy. The long should be a little easier to beat. So totally. and I'm still pissed that they wouldn't give me the Hall of Fame game because I was gonna tease it with Chiefs plus eight and a half. <laughs> Which would have got there. Would have got there, yeah. Would have made it. Uh, I'm, the guys in the chat are giving me some funny and sad reminders of some of the wow. rough ones. And you know what we could do even better with our Wong teaser performance? If we can avoid, if we just avoid international games and games where the quarterback gets hurt, then we're now we're really cooking with gas, particularly in the last half of the season. So um, that'll be a lot of fun. But yeah, yeah oh my the God. Lamar oh, Chris, the Christmas rough. night, uh, the Christmas night Bucks getting that win against the... I don't even remember who was he. Was it John Skelton, the quarterback for the Cardinals? Because like, didn't like Colt McCoy get hurt or something, and they still like barely beat whoever the f- hell was out there for the Cardinals. I don't even remember. Um, but Brady barely, barely got that across the line, and that was a huge, huge result. <laughs> I don't need that on Christmas uh, next year. Thank you, though. Uh, that was a freaking overtime game. Oh my god, they won by three in overtime. Trace oh, McSorley. Jesus. It was Trace McSorley. Thank you. Thank you. 
Yeah, he he's got a long term role in the NFL. Maybe that's another reason. One of the by the way, one of the you know offenses were down, points were down, EPA per play was down. We had a lot of backup quarterbacks this year, and I guess there's a lot every year. But in the blind, I would say this was a particularly uh, upticky year for replacement quarterbacks. Um, I'll have to kind of actually do the math on that and see how many snaps were taken proportionally by replacements. But wasn't 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 a great year for the wasn't a great that's- year for the quarterback. That's pretty interesting. A hundred percent, almost not hundred percent. Like what ninety percent of uh, San Francisco's were. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I don't think you can count Jimmy G. He's a, you know, he's he will be a starter in this league probably next year. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but uh, San Francisco did lose a hundred and ten percent of their quarterbacks to injury <laughs> because they <laughs> lost guys that they didn't even have. <laughs> yeah, they lost Josh Johnson, who wasn't even on the roster uh, as of week fifteen, and he still was. He, he got bounced because of the head injury. I can't remember anymore, man. Uh, my brain is mush. Um, so many injuries. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. That's a good one. The long teasers and just in general, how you deploy capital over the balance of the season is huge. Um, you're always going to have some regret if you go light in the season and they crush. <laughs> I can promise you that. Like if they come out of the gate hot. Um, overall, speaking of coming out of the gate hot, uh, a lot of my damage done in terms of winning this year was early in the season. Um, I think overall I had a good season because – and, you know, I, I thought I, I went back and listened to the supercut that Dan did of our previews. And I almost thought, like, is Dan doing this to, uh, you know, just to, to, to try to boost our egos? Because so many of the cuts were like right on the money or just interesting points that ended up kind of dancing around what ultimately happened. It felt like it was selection bias to the good a bit because I'm sure we were way wrong about a couple teams. Um, but it, maybe we had said other funny things about them. Um, so we didn't get into the supercut. But then. I think broadly, we had a very, very strong read on what every team's kind of true strength was heading into the season, how their season would unfold, and you know what that would mean to awards markets, what that would mean to some of the exotics. And just in general, week-by-week week betting early in the season especially was really, really solid. I committed to scaling back on total play, which I think saved my ass. Uh, just because I definitely did not have a thesis coming into the season that unders were going to be hot. <laughs> uh, if anything, I thought maybe uh, you could you would continue to see you know refs and the the just the league uh, trying to lean towards um, uh, you know overs and scoring. Um, but it was uh, I thought we had pretty true reads coming into the season, and it served us pretty well. Dan points out the teams we were way wrong about were Seattle and New Orleans, which. I totally get. I mean, New Orleans, we were high on because we thought Jameis Winston could have huge upside. He ended up starting one game or something. Yeah, I, I, and I, I was yeah. just going to make the same point. Is yeah, the the two teams we were the most strong on were ones that had way different results from the quarterback position than we mm-hmm. thought we'd ever get. Yeah, and uh, you know, it just I mean, we shit on Gino. We we laughed at the fact. Well, that we, we thought. How, well, did we even know he was going to be the quarterback when we previously? Well, that, I, I, I thought he would be the quarterback, but okay. I shit on him. I said the fact that you are in a quarterback competition with Drew Locke does not sign. speak well to you. And the fact that Seattle not only hit on getting uh, some sort of rejuvenation out of Geno, 
but the fact that both the what both offensive linemen and both corners and the running back they drafted, like they essentially had five draft picks start and play well. Like mm-hmm. their their rookie their rookie draft was just primo shit. Mm-hmm. So that that one was tough, and it's funny that the the analog for that is the Saints doing that like five years yeah, ago, and the Saints <laughs> being the other team we got really wrong and. Oh man, I, I, I guess that yeah. was probably a combination of a bunch of stuff. Like Michael Thomas, we thought was just, hey, he's gonna play eventually, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of it's gonna benefit from that. And Jameis is, mm-hmm. you know, it was a small sample size last year, but it was trending the right way. And maybe Dennis Allen just didn't get a fair shake in Oakland, and he he deserved better, and he just didn't have pieces. None of those things were right. None of that happened. Like New Orleans were mm-hmm. just a hard miss. Although a big part of the New Orleans handicap on anything we said maybe make this bet was the division's gonna suck. So I'll take a, I'll take half credit on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're that's that's fair. And also, like I think with these two teams in particular is a good example of adapt in season because I ended up making a lot of money betting Seattle through the middle portion of the year. The market just did not believe that that team was as good as the numbers said they were, the offense in particular. Um, And there was a four or five week stretch where Seattle on the spread was like my biggest staked play. And they won like four of them. And uh, so the fact that we were quick to kind of realize what was happening there and the potential for the good uh, was solid. Now I gave back a lot on Seattle, not winning their division and not winning their playoff game, which hurt me. Um, but besides that, it was, uh, it was not, not even not winning their playoff game, not covering a 10 point spread when they were up by at halftime. Um, but uh, you know, I think, I think the adjustment on Seattle was pretty quick by week three against Atlanta. We kind of knew, Oh, this offense is live. They're going to score. They can win games. They're going to cover spreads, take them as dogs. Um, and that served us well through the middle of the season. And then the flip side with the Saints of, oh, this seems not as good as I thought. I am going to abandon ship. I feel like I bet <laughs> I, quite I a few. I, I feel like yeah. I had a bunch of Saints unders. Just In how game, poorly game by game. Yeah, how how poorly that offense was playing. Just yeah. game by game, and and the defense actually wasn't bad. And maybe it was just some of the matchups that I ended up playing. I, I think yeah. I was on some of those unders. I bet very few Saints games. Um, really, just never felt like I had a good read on that team, and uh, just kind of stayed away. And that I think served me well. Um, except I did bet the hell out of the Saints to get some equity out of my Nick Sirianni Coach of the Year ticket, second to last week of the season, and. Uh, Stings oh, that, that nice he didn't win. win. Stings that he didn't win, but, uh, but that was at least a consolation price. <laughs> um, and yeah, somebody Holt is asking alt win totals laddering still the way to go. I don't think it's the way to go on every team, although you know, plus EV did put that paper out a couple years back that proved like, uh, here's the prices, and a lot of the prices are just mispriced. And I mean, he was betting them in the blind, yeah, but, and that still turned out to be profitable, unless you want to go, you know. 150 bets across the board and go alt totals both ways on a bunch of teams. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's it's good to do it in volume, but if you really, really strongly believe in a team, like we're saying, hey, the Eagles are a candidate to be the team with the most wins. Mm-hmm. Like a team you really think like, hey, the NFC's weak, the schedule's weak, the other teams in the division are weak, 
and this team could outperform their win total by three, four, five games. I think they did outperform by four and a half, five games. I feel like it was nine, nine and a half, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, like, I, I would take some some limited shots on that if you really – it's tougher to the under, I think. It's, it's just, you know, some of the teams that you really think are going to suck. Like, if you want to go to the under, too, I don't think you can do it on a – on a bad team, you have to pick, you know, you have to pick a middling team that you think is going to flounder at the quarterback position and take a real dive. I'm trying to think of what, what one of those, uh, a good example of that would have been this year. I've been under and I, I, yeah, that's a, that's a great one. Yeah. Denver, the, the two that were pretty clear. Well, actually what's funny. I, I don't have the, I didn't do the math yet hold on whether alt win totals are still a way to go, but I can tell you just by looking at the standings, and you know current numbers and just eyeballing this, the Denver, miss, Arizona, the, the average miss on this, yeah, you know, Rams, 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 right? We're in Rams, yeah, like Cardinals games, they won five. Um, no, that they, they, um, the uh, general um, misfit the on the win totals was again like right around two. It was like right around two, and, and our and honestly, like the teams that came in around five hundred. Went way over or way under a bunch of them. Green Bay went way way under and at eight and nine. Tampa went way under at eight and nine. Seattle went way over at nine and eight. <laughs> Giants went way over at nine and seven. Um, so I shouldn't say way over. I think they went two games over, but you know, still, it was, uh, it was yeah. Alt, alts are and will always be the way to go in the win total market because they that they refuse to acknowledge the correct distribution of outcomes and. You know, misprice what one win is worth. I don't know why that still I, I, is not I, a thing that's priced correctly, but it's not. Yeah, I'm, I almost want to amend mine because it's we found like for many years the average miss has been like two. Yeah, and and that includes teams that land nuts on. I mean, so the, and mm-hmm. there are there are going to be five six teams that are right on or within a half that bring that average down. So I think there's a case for if you like a team. Over or under, and there's a decent price on an alt, you should at least take one step away. Like if you're betting over six and a half, bet over seven and a half as well. You know, how many of these, like the, the, my biggest position, and it wasn't particularly close, was the Bears under six and a half. Mm. Like not taking enough five and a half was apparently a mat of four and a half, three and a half was a massive mistake. And in my part, I didn't have any five and a half. It was all, it was all six and a half. So, I mean, just probably taking, if you like something strongly enough, at least taking part of your stake and putting it one full, one full, uh, you know, a full, win total. A, yeah, full, yeah, at least a, one, a full game. And, and then, then half maybe stake even two, yeah, maybe even a smaller one at two. And, you know, I, so I don't think laddering like a massive laddering all the way up or all the way down is probably a great idea, but at least one or two out is probably where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yes, the um, Bears. If you had if you had laddered the Bears, down they were three and four half. when they beat the Patriots on uh, and and Zappy on they, one and ball. They were two and one, man. You were not feeling great. I was so pissed about that <laughs> Niners game. Yeah, that was all my Survivors leagues, all of them. <laughs> I like no. to put my eggs. I like to put my eggs in a basket because mm-hmm. eggs were cheap. I mean, well, there was a lot of Survivor flameouts in Week One. Uh, yeah. Colts tied, which was a loss. Um, there were some other wild ones. Colts, the Colts, oh, yeah, the Colts, t- Colts, Colts tied the Texans week one, which was hysterical. Um, all right. Well, 
Uh, That's when you knew they weren't winning the division. Anything that you want to reflect on that you need to do better this next time around? Um, it's the same answer I've talked about for years with college basketball stuff that's helped me out. It's just automating more things. Ah. Like so much of the, so many of the stats that I pull in, and some of it is more difficult, and I've gotten better at that. You know, it used to just be, I mean, my first scraping was just copying and pasting. Like, mm-hmm. This goes into a spreadsheet. I know which cell to click on when I hit control V. So it goes into the right spot. So all the V lookups work right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you get a little past that, but getting better at that, like my biggest summer, and this is not just for football. This will also be for college basketball and other things I do is just continuing to get better at automating and scraping data. And because there's so much more data now, there's so much stuff you can use. There's so many things I'd like to have at my fingertips that I don't. And I mean, even to to some of the stuff you do, I want to get more player level data coming in super fast and really accessibly. That was that was time well spent. Really, yeah, was. and every, and I guarantee yeah. you this: everything is going to take way longer than you think. Yeah. You're going to spend way more time on on YouTube and Google, figuring out how to do this and reading freaking articles and trying to find a workaround to get something to work to properly, you know, pull some data across mm-hmm. where you want it to go. It's always worth it. Like at the end, once you get it to work, it's it's always worth it. So for yeah. sure, that's that's my biggest takeaway for for NFL is just pulling in more data constantly having that and and probably doing some of the things uh noops does a good job and i know you do too with the the both in in both cases with the nba is just kind of tracking maybe some market sentiment kind of uh metrics Mm -hmm. as far as how certain teams are and i think that's going to be more totals that's Uh, a good call more so in the totals and then one other one other thing that i talked about but i didn't actually have time to execute was a bit of a this is really far out like and by i don't mean like far out by like something you would say in the 80s if something was crazy far out i mean like far out because i don't have uh enough uh, of an idea and this is gonna have to kind of come to me as it goes but positional matchup stuff you know, using I like really so super ten thousand foot. Like a really easy one is just like pass rush win rate by players, pass rush win rate by defensive players matchup for this mm-hmm. team. Like on, uh, you know, just at first glance, it looks like this is a decent matchup for the defense, and then you dig in and realize it's actually not. They're not going to be getting to the quarterback. The, you know, however, however many data points you need to be putting in there, if it's, you know, average time to delivery for the quarterback, win rates for each of the starting offensive linemen, yeah, the, you know, the number of, uh, the number of uh, passes they throw per game, the number of third and long situations that create, you know, pin your ear back situations. However much, however granular you need to go on something like that to take and create these these matchups, whether it's, you know, the receiving core versus the cornerbacks or even more granularly, just like slot corner versus slot yeah. wide receivers for team, team by team. And to be able to just mash that all together and start looking at, because this is where you get when you get to like week eight, man, 
it's tough. Every every one of those numbers looks pretty decent. Some openers are a little soft, but to be able to differentiate and say like, man, there's like six things kind of at a micro level at this game that I yeah. think Kansas City is going to be doing so much better than Denver as far as mm-hmm. matchups go. And it's just, it's enough to say like, not only am I betting this minus three and a half, I'm probably betting this minus seven and a half. Oh, I like it. I like that. So, um, it's a big project that uh, probably won't get done. But I'm well, that's okay. Casey, Casey Brown brings up. This is something I did a while back too. Um, I felt horrible about this, honestly, at the end of it. I'm too polite. But I did use Fiverr to have somebody build something for me, to scrape something for college basketball that was just beyond me and I, I needed him. And this guy did it for like a dollar. I mean, it, was, it wasn't like it, but it was it was like eleven bucks or something, and I I, I was from like Mozambique and uh, it was crazy. I'm like seriously, and you could tip, so I tipped like two hundred percent. I felt just awful. <laughs> like he did this huge product project for this amount of money, but go over to yeah, go over to Fiverr. There are some incredibly talented individuals who can apparently do something for pennies. Um, and not only that, but once they do it, you can start looking at how they did it and start picking that apart and learn yeah. a little bit from that too. I love it. Okay, well, a couple, like, yeah. couple like, of in, go. incredible. A uh, couple of thoughts on what you just mentioned. So basically, everything you're describing fits exactly into my ethos about modeling because a lot of people they're like, you know, first question as they get beyond sort of entry level sports betting is like. How do I build a model? What do I do? You know, where where should where are some resources? What you should know what the I? The answer yeah. is right. You build a horrible model. <laughs> you build the worst one possible. Then yeah, yeah, that's a good answer. Um, my ethos is always just like you have to make it easier on yourself. You have to. Like if you build something that is labor intensive, that's complicated to to maintain, you're gonna. F- it's going to fall apart. You're going to take a week vacation, come back and be like, ah, fuck that. Like, I'm not even going to bother. Like, it's so hard to get it back up and running. I'm not going to bother. You're, you know, kind of alluding to a lot of shortcutting the process, which is hugely important. um, Because ultimately, even if you have the best model, at the end of the day, I still think an analytical tool in hand is still just a tool. You need a little bit of mental model to go with it. You need a little bit of uh, market, uh, you know, understanding markets, beyond just, you know, what's a fair number, right? Like, you you know, you need all of that stuff to be able to navigate, uh, you know, in the long term. Um, and the more you can automate on the modeling side of it, the better off you're going to be surely. So um, modeling, you know, uh, automating, scraping, no brainer, automating the, uh, you know, the, the parts of your process where you're looking at trying to come up with matchups. I would re- honestly, if you want a recommendation or a tip, like, normalize everything to standard deviations mm-hmm. and uh, z-scores and literally just look for difference when you have a z-score difference of one or more then you know flag it sum the ones you know sum them all up and if you have you know like a plus two a, a minus three you know like if you have these kind of multiple you know levels that are all compounding like up oh, the you know the this pass offense the quarterback has a nice matchup against the pass defense and the offensive line has a nice matchup against the pass rush and the slot corner. And, you know, if, yeah, if, you, if multiple, you can create, if you can yeah, create like levels. 
10. Yeah, I love that. Like you create like yeah. 10 of these matchups, get get some yeah. Z scores for every and, a lot of the time. The, yeah, look it, at the if differences. It's, if it's within if it's within one standard deviation, you probably don't really care. You don't need to be granular on exactly what the average if I sum them all like you just want the big outliers to pop in some way and you want to sum them up in aggregate so that you have a, a clear bam like bam look at this like pay attention to this you want it to scream at you like pay the fuck attention uh for the ones that are just real real clear outliers and even then at the end of the day you want to be able to use it to move the center of your prediction for a team's performance so that you can still come up with a fair because you know the bengals going up against you know, Bengals well, offensive that's, that's line a, up against uh, you know the world's best pass rush. Everybody in the fucking world knows it's a bad matchup, well, and, right? And, and not only so, that, but you, yeah. you need to probably normalize it with the you know just create create a no vig money line and normalize it with that a bit too, because you might flag a bunch of big mismatches and and then like yeah, but they're minus eleven. <laughs> like there's going to be you know when the, when the Chiefs play the Texans, a bunch of big mismatches is your expected outcome when you run this yeah. like you need you need to look at this over yeah, a big right. sample and say like yeah. what is what's my what average yeah. what's my average mismatch normalized by money line yeah. by just converting that to a no vig percentage yeah. and say like uh on average you know x percent should be this much of an outlier on these matchups and then once you get to a spot where like all right this this is a this is a touchdown favorite but they're having enough mismatches that they are probably closer to, you know, somebody who normally would be a 10 point favorite here. That's a, maybe a little bit something. And then, yeah. you know, and then also use your noodle. Don't black box anything. Oh yeah. No you way. Know, put some context to it. Make sure, yeah. you know, make sure everything's in order before you just go start. Banging. Yeah. So, so uh, what I'm talking about in terms of Z scores, standard deviant, yeah, a 50th percentile is a zero. An 84th percentile is a one. A 95th percentile is a two. Uh, and if you just the take bell curve with the lines, yeah, the way you get a, a the way you get a, a, a standard deviation deviation mismatch, if you have a plus a half and a minus a half, and the sum is a, you know showing you that there's a gap of one there, that you want that to pop. You want to see like, okay, this unit has you know a meaningful a meaningful advantage. This unit has a meaningful advantage. Sum them all up, and it's saying, oh, this you know this game this 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 passing offense, I got I give them a plus three for this game. And then you can go back and look at a couple of years worth of data and say, okay, all of the plus threes, how much did they exceed their expected performance by? If we want to use EPA per play for a game level, if we want to use just market expected points scored, like you can, you know, kind of correlate all of that stuff so that you know, hey, if I have a plus three, I need to be adjusting my team's expected score by three points by five points or by this percentile or by this z score you know you want to be able to carry it into uh, how much does this impact what the market rating ought to be um and yeah like you said don't treat it as a black box use it a uh you know use a um uh oh there you go i love it yeah. uh use a um uh your mental model on top of everything because it was a clip circulated today that was pretty good from the uh, the new guy who took over the Titans who just cut everybody. Yeah. Uh, where he was basically like, analytics is super important. Uh, you know, you look at the tape and then you back it up with analytics. Like, if that's your approach, that's fucking great. You should have some combination so you have some redundancy. You shouldn't be relying on only one or net or the other. Um, and I think probably the most successful people in this uh, in the betting space, you know, have 
I would guess have the sharpest mental models of everything, but they have some analytical models to help them do some ground truthing. And I think that's probably the, uh, the, the preferred approach, but I haven't talked to those people, so I don't really know that for sure, but that's my, that's my gut read. Yeah. Um, maybe listen to that part a couple times. <laughs> that's a, that's a good one to like, maybe we could create uh, or, uh, quarterbacks. Two and a half. Out, nobody heard what you said, but we, we could do a, uh, we could do a bit of an example on that. I'm trying to think what would be a, a good way to do it. Maybe just like a Google sheet that has something like that to kind of show people, but it'd be an interesting project over the summer just to have a couple things to share. Yeah. Class was in session there. Drew got heavy on the math and he started talking fast, but um, yeah, thank God there weren't any internet issues during that part. So you can rewind that part. This is on YouTube. <laughs> um, Bryce Young's what about you? Z score. Minus two and a half. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a he's a minus two and a half probably. Um, something I need to do better in. Um, I had something queued up, but your whole conversation was so good that I completely forgot and I didn't write it down. What was well, when um, not being a spaz? Well, yeah, that would be nice. Um, <laughs> you're, no, yeah. you're just no, you're you're keeping your emotions level. Yeah, yeah. you were good this uh, that, year. You're, I don't uh, know people, that I'm ever going to get that into control. No, man. no, that, I think that's just that's just part. <laughs> and of the honestly, game. creating content, you know, you want to yeah, let the fun. let you let your foot off the brake a lot uh, because it creates good content. I think I don't know. Um, or I'll be. I don't. People yeah. still bring up people still bring up the Sunday night after the Bills game. I was the maddest I've ever been. Uh, I don't think, and it re relate, regarding a sporting outcome, that was the maddest I think I've ever been. Uh, that was a I huge, huge that was, swing. That was a huge swing. It was a, and it was a pretty rough, like, like mm. legitimately, what would you put of that? Not to dredge up bad memories, but like with that much time left, even with those players, that coach, that team, like the percentage chance that that happens was not great and then also and mentally i was too like early it was the the overtime rules fucked us yeah i thought it was like five percent to happen and then he didn't squib kick it and then it was like ten percent to happen and then play play and it was like oh shit we're from we went <laughs> yeah, from 95 percent win probability to 50 so fast i was like i'm sick i'm sick um you you right. talked about softening your priors for quarterbacks in new situations. Oh yeah, that's and a then good also one. Uh, I'll save the other one. So you're, well, it was don't be afraid to be the buyback on the injury in overreaction. Yeah, I think we talked about that a little during the season too. We said, hey, you know, you can actually probably make a a fairly confident guess at the difference between a quarterback and their backup. If you have mm -hmm. any data on the backup or even data on the team playing with a backup, you can use some EPA per play data and get within get within a pretty reasonable guess of what the difference in win percentage should be between one quarterback and the other. But it's a lot more difficult when it's a left tackle or mm -hmm. both running backs or a wide receiver plus a tight end where it's like, hey, here's a cluster, cluster injury at a non-quarterback position. It's really, really difficult to judge that. And I think the point you were making is if it's not a quarterback, the reaction is usually too strong. 
all, yeah. like I feel like it's it's if it's not a quarterback injury, and people are betting, yeah, or, and it's like, hey, this isn't really a cluster. It's just like a semi cluster, like somebody ate half of a peanut cluster and left it on the table. This is <laughs> this is not it. It's like there there oh, there were some strong reactions. I felt like, and some of them were were overreactions for sure. Oh sure. And the and other thing, that, what, what point other... were you trying to make with that? Well, that surely that. Which was that, like, sometimes the market moved a half point or a point, and I was like, eh, I'll let it go. I was too, I was just too passive. Uh, when I thought the market may have overreacted to an injury, I was just like, I'd rather not have a part of this game than be wrong that the injury didn't matter as much as the market thought it did, right? Which is stupid. Um, and similarly, like, there were some times we had some scoops on players not being available, and you know, you looked at the market and you're like, I think think that's broadly priced in but not exactly priced in and then it becomes public and the number moves three points and you're like uh, that's too much but i don't want to be the guy holding the bag making them you know you know providing the market resistance here um when these guys get run run amok so um hold brings up one that i definitely wanted to uh i started bring yeah that this was one that was on top of my mind when i got uh, when I lost my train of thought earlier um, continue to learn about awards markets and how important recency biases another year goes by another kind of set of classic examples of just outrageous recency bias there um, the most plus EV bets I made were Pat Mahomes MVP when the price was like minus 150 minus 200 yeah. I was <laughs> like, gonna say there, there was yeah. I mean there was even a spot where he was about plus between between even and plus 200 where mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not sure there's an amount that I can bet. That's too much right now. Yeah. <laughs> at this yeah. point, because well, cause that, and, that's the thing. Like, it, it is, quantify it, you, you hit J Jeff at 21 OPOI and you hit Pat Mahomes MVP late in the cycle, which was a more plus EV bet. Oh, Pat Mahomes by a million. Definitely. Not, not, <laughs> Definitely. It's not even a close. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sam points out if New York has anyone in the running, bet them. That's not the worst. Mm. I mean, Saquon. Unless it's comeback Saquon player of the year, yeah. Saqu- uh, well, Saquon rookie, I, I felt like that one, he was giving a little extra love that's in that spot too when we hit that. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I, I hate to be like sour grapes guy, but the Sirianni bet was a great bet. Anybody yeah, who yeah. made a bet on Sirianni at anything over five to one, that was an electric bet. And really like losing – uh, losing hurts for a couple games, uh, that really probably cost him that. Like if, if he wins one or two of the, and probably should have won the goddamn Saints game anyway. Sure, won the Cowboys game. They had the ball at the end. Of the yeah, like, Cowboys. The, Mike McCarthy bungled the end of that game. Going going like sixteen and one, you're just not losing it. Ask Ron Rivera. Like oh, he wasn't shit, a great dude. coach that year. I can't complain about Nick Sirianni anymore because I forgot that that middle hit on the Cowboys game. And that was my one time. Oh season. yeah. That was my one time all season. Uh I don't I don't get to complain. What was that? Uh it that was, was Hertz was, was Hertz was not gonna play. Number. Yep, Cowboys we were minus two, minus one. It was like a pick up. Cowboys might have been open as dogs. I don't even Cow- remember now. I but it was it was it low. Was like, it was under three think, for sure. Yeah it was like Cowboys even money and then and then you could also get them. Oh yeah, it was a weird price. There was a bit it of crossed, a middle there. It crossed three once the Hertz news was confirmed. Surely, yeah. And at that point, 
you were basically like Cowboys by three. Let's go. Uh, Cowboys by two, three, or four, or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, the moral of the story about uh, awards. Yeah, we, bets, we, we bet Cowboys the, at a cheap, a cheap money line, and yeah. then you took the Eagles plus the points. Plus the points. That's what it was. You yeah, just we did. It was gorgeous. Small, it was, and that was my that was my Christmas one time. I don't get to complain about Sirianni because he cause Eagles win that game, which was close. Then. You know, yeah. Sirianni, Sirianni gets the award for winning that game with Carter Minshew. There was like 75 yeah. points in that game. Um, that was a great, good, good hit, was a great hit game. hit a small middle like that in a game of mm. three quarters of 100. Stuck, I was stuck in an airport watching that one. Um, you were in, I was you were in, in the Charlotte? airport a lot. I was stuck in the Charlotte airport oh, trying no. to fly east. Yeah. Um, a lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of travel nightmares this Thanks. last year. Thanks, Raul. Uh, but yeah, the moral of the story on the awards markets, the most plus TV bets to be made or made at the end of the cycle. Yeah. Uh, again, I, the, the Mahomes bet, I bet that a couple times, bet it hard and it's, it made up for a pretty big swing. I took on uh, Josh Allen in the preseason, but not betting a shitload of offensive rookie of the years during training camp is probably a good call. Although, I mean, people that took like dubs at a hundred to one and you know, it, it wasn't like you guys were betting five units on, no, you know, a, a lave at eight to one. I mean, some of the some of the offensive rookie of the year bets I've seen from you know you guys in the chat or in the, you know, over the course of the year, even in the Discord, they're big numbers. I don't think it's a bad. It's not like what we saw today with like a draft market, which is informational and important. It's like this guy is a big number. He's getting a lot of play in camp, and I mean, it turned out to be Watson was the better wide receiver up in Green Bay, but there's going to be some of those wide receivers in a big class like that where it's like this guy gets a ton of targets, and suddenly he's in the conversation. So I didn't mind those at all. And, mm-hmm. yeah, and as Dan points out, too, there just wasn't a good rookie quarterback. Like, legitimately, the best rookie quarterback was for sure Kenny Pickett. Numbers wouldn't say it, but I agree with you. No, um, like, and, and that's that's where I mean, that's where we are at with the because it's it is again, it's going to be yeah. a quarterback award if they get enough playing time and they're even half decent. Yeah, but uh, you know what's funny? You bring up Kenny Pickett. Um, this I is had one thirty erasure. <laughs> he doesn't count. He could have been a um, quarterback. Let the uh, Dan, you could have been in the NFC title. I did have a quick point I wanted to make about the um about the uh, Steelers. So I thought that the closing, the market close, the bet, betting into the close this year was less aggressive and less predictive than in years past. And maybe it was just because I felt like I had good positions. I had good read. I wasn't paying as close attention. That's entirely possible. One of the kind of things I tend to do when things are going poorly is pay very close attention to who is, you know, what's happening at the close, you know, where people are convicted and whether that's right or wrong. Right. And I didn't really do that much this year, but it was very clear come middle of the season that the, the market broadly or the market makers, couple of market makers were very hot on the Steelers. Like to the tune of your Steelers rating must be wrong. Right. And when you see that, signal like it's i gotta pay closer attention to like who's getting bet into the close consistently and just kind of 
use that as a as ground truthing a little bit more for what market sentiment is and ought to be for certain teams because i i jumped on the bandwagon after they came off the bye they were a different team on matt canada was running a different offense everybody was playing a lot harder and kenny pickett all of a sudden was turning over the ball less and they were just a different it was a different team and so any prior you had based on the data you had from the season to that point was useless they win against the saints 20 to 10 uh they had i bet against them the next week uh where they lost to the Bengals, 37 to 30 but my entire thesis was proven wrong by the way that they played that game because they scored 30 points and i was like oh like <laughs> yeah yeah like oh shit uh, and and then I think I bet them 12, I bet them week 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. And then I finally went against them week 18, uh, where I thought the Browns were going to um, feed them their lunch, but uh, was wrong on that. Uh, so I hit like six in a row uh, down the stretch. The only one that they didn't cover was the game they lost to the Ravens. I think that's a good point too, is <clears throat> sometimes the market is, and, and it's silly to say this, like we're smarter than the market, but because we're not for the most part, but sometimes the market is really slow to react to some things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's as simple as like a, a scheme change. And it's like, I don't, it's, and I guess, you know, if enough money is disagreeing with it and they're making money in other places, they're just going to keep betting on it. And you're fine being on the other side of that if you believe your your thesis is right. But there are some spots where it's like, man, I think this what they're doing here matters more than the market's saying. And this team is actually much better slash much worse than they were a few weeks ago based on XYZ or you know, doing things a little differently on their offense. And and you just end up betting a team like four or five times in a row like that. And you were all over. I I joined you on a couple of those. I wasn't quite as uh intrigued by what it's was going like, on there don't fix, so, yeah, some of, don't, some of yeah, those games yeah. weren't super ain't, fun to watch if you broke don't fun. fix oh they were awful oh they, they were, were all they awful. were, they were awful. all they were all close calls yeah i do want to point won. out that yeah. I, I misspoke earlier uh editors note the the actual best rookie and quarterback in the class was bailey zappy for those two drives <laughs> where he do you remember how good he looked yeah. for those two drives and he was yeah. in that that uh, touchdown to the corner it's like oh my god this guy's jesus yeah Steelers. by the way had uh the 28th epa per play offense through the first eight weeks of the season they came out of their bye and you want to guess what they had uh for weeks 10 through 18 they were seventh fourth jesus fourth in epa per play out of their bye uh to the end of the season so Steelers, don't uh don't uh Rule them out from winning the AFC North next year. Don't go sleeping on them. Even um, though they brought back Matt Canada, who I think a lot of us were critical of. Yeah, he we did. Uh, out. We bet, we bet this two out of the half. We had some Cincy division uh, mm. live and in studio. Yeah, that was a good one. Again, Wish I had bet more on that. Wish I had bet more on the Jags yeah. in in season. Those were fun. <laughs> that was nice. Yeah. I, I took a. It's it's one of the somebody said that in the chat today. Like it's a. You always wish you bet more on something in hindsight, and it's it's funny too. But like the 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 Bengals one, even as close as that was of a call down to the, you know, down to the last few weeks, and then they you know the oddity that we had where they actually won the division on a, like how do you get fired on your day off kind of thing. 
Like they won their division in the middle of the week by virtue mm-hmm. of canceling that game with the Bills. But boy, that was one too. Even even at that point where it was like, Christ, why didn't I just put all the money on this? I think maybe we got some limits <laughs> on that sort of stuff. Um, one other thing I need to do better at or just recognize more carefully, and I know I'm a little laggy again, third time in this freaking stream. I, I, I'm, you're, I'm you're back. You sound out. good now. I'm pulling my hair out here. I really do not Don't know do what's that. wrong. Don't do that. It's gorgeous. Um, the lesson, and I know this every fucking year. I know this, and I just, but I just need to <laughs> acknowledge it. Um, NFL went well. NBA started poorly, right? And mm-hmm. I paid all of the attention in the world. I, I, I was, once, once both were going on simultaneously, this is 90-10 attention devoted to NFL. At that point, I just needed to stop betting the NBA. <laughs> like, it was an absolute waste of time. Like, if, you know, if you are trying to handicap two things at the same time and you find your attention is split to the tune of you're not giving, uh, you know, enough attention to one of the two things, then, uh, you know, you just, you're better off stopping. Um, and uh, for those reasons, uh, hopefully none of you guys are donking money in college basketball or, um, you know, other, you know, classic, classic mistakes you make when you're relatively new to this take a flush bankroll from a good NFL season and a good postseason, and feel like you have an edge in a market that's extremely mature, like college basketball. Uh, you don't. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think and I'm having, I'm having a horseshit college basketball season. I just lost another bet by like 20 points. And I, I think a lot, and I think a lot of it is just, I didn't have the the time to tighten things up at the beginning of the season. It's exactly and, the same. And golf and NFL have taken so much time and now we got XFL. And yeah, it's, <laughs> it's honestly everything. Everything is just going to revolve around the draft for the next two months for me. Uh, outside of God, I love conference tournaments. Fuck, I love conference tournament time. That's, starts starts like, this week, right? Or next, next Monday? Week, next Monday? Uh, I think the 4th. I think that I think <clears throat> conference tournaments start the twenty seventh. Do they? Jesus, yeah, that can't be right. It is. Oh, that sneak up on me. I got a busy weekend, but uh, yeah, little league. I love betting on little league. I love betting the hot dogs. The Atlantic Sun is always so early. I don't know why they need to name their champion like ten days before Selection Sunday, which is yeah. also fun. Uh, we have a uh, we have an Irish fella that works uh, with us. For you know, he works here at Betsperts, works on some SEO for the various websites that we've acquired over the years here. Works mm-hmm. on you know, ship shaping that sort of stuff and making sure we have good articles and stuff. And it's fun because he just doesn't know all that much about American sports, so we you know, we got to fill him in on uh, like I so I told him about Selection Sunday and I was gonna like make analogs for him. I'm like, think, think the Champions League. Yeah, I, and yeah, Dan points out Irish as in he lives in like Dublin, man, not Irish American. But I, I had to explain about Selection Sunday and what a big event that it was, and how like people are going to search for articles around when is Selection Sunday and things of that ilk. I'm like, mm-hmm. like think Champions League draw like that show, which I'm sure is huge. Like when they draw the balls to determine who's yeah. like playing who in the knockouts. I'm like, it's like that, but dumber for sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, selection, <laughs> yeah. selection, selection Sunday is like what three weeks? It's uh, don't bet on it, Andy. 
Don't, yeah, it. don't bet. God, don't, don't bet on it. <laughs> oh my God, who is not excited about betting all the games in the first round? Well, yeah, I don't know. That said, like, stake. You know, you bet college basketball if you want. I'm not your fucking mom, um, but definitely down stake. Don't America. donk your entire bankroll on it. <laughs> so, yeah. Pick right. to win the should we do that? Pick to win the tournament. I railed on against Purdue, so Purdue probably wins it because no, I Purdue's, hate Purdue. No, Purdue is the <laughs> one seed that you fade with reckless abandon in every they pool you're in. Yeah, the, here's here's a seven foot four guy who takes set like thirty four percent of their shots, and they have disaster. You know, they have a young backcourt that turns the ball over at a super high clip. Yeah, that's, awful. That scared me. Basically. All the teams I fell in love with when I started doing a, a dive the other day on like future prices, mm-hmm. uh, basically all the teams were in the Big Twelve. Like, yeah, all the good ones. Yeah, it's like fuck. I kind of like TCU now that they're healthy again. Mm-hmm. I kind of like Kansas. Mm-hmm. I kind of like. Uh, I, honestly, I kind of like Texas. Uh, UCLA, not a bad call though. The the Pac twelve. I'm having trouble figuring out exactly. Uh, how to how to rank those teams comparatively against the people that grind it out in the goddamn Big Twelve every every day? But uh, UCLA is not a bad shout. Over the last month, number one rated team in all of college basketball in terms of advanced metrics is. Are we doing Wob? No, I'm looking at uh, Bart Thag. Just so for the last month. Mm-hmm. Last God, month. It might, God, it might be Kansas. Kansas is up there, but they're not number one. Number one. Uh, I mean, it's Bama not a just power lost. five. Is it Houston again? It's not Houston. Houston is 15th in the last month in terms of Bart Bags. San- I mean, Gonzaga's oh, had a nice one. Oh, what were you going to say? Gonzaga, San Diego State. San Diego State is number yeah. one. San Diego State. I, I brought them up earlier too today. Like, yeah. it's, it's wild because usually it's like there's like five teams I think can win. And this year, I'm like, man, I think there's like 15. <laughs> oh, yeah. This it is, is a wide there, there's open a ton year. Of oh, yeah. This yeah. year is wide Sandy, open. Um, and I, I did, I said this on a podcast earlier today, which is not out yet. I said, I am submitting the Mountain West to be in the power. It should be the power seven now. <laughs> the Mountain West has played at such a high level the past few years. Like, oh, yeah. It's a power conference now. Just give it to them. I like it. Fuck, they're fun. I like it. Um, I, I'm here. Here's a parlay: San Diego State to win the NCAA tournament, parlayed with the no price on them to win their conference tournament. Ooh, <laughs> the conference tournament. I feel like you do show. that as an open parlay because you're gonna yeah, get but, a better price on them to win yeah. after they get in as an yeah, at-large. There yeah. you go. Con- yeah. The conference tournament's just a gorgeous shit show every year. I love that one so much. Yeah. Okay. Um, any other lessons or what else you got? What, what was the other one I mentioned when I scrolled back in our chat? Oh, soft priors on quarterbacks who are on new teams. That's kind of a no-brainer, though. Yeah, and I, it goes both you know ways. Why, you know why it's a good one to end, though, Andy? Because we're going to have a whole shitload of quarterbacks on new teams in about one month. <laughs> and I think taking a soft prior with all of those teams is a very fair, um, fair point of view. Um, do you have any inclination to make an NFL bet right now in a futures market? No. If I had, if I'm going to bet anything in the NFL, it'd be draft, and then after that, I would bet baseball regular season win totals, and after that, I would bet March Madness futures. And there's a lot of things 
to get to before I bet anything in the NFL. Okay. Like there's people betting I also, and also I hate if I'm going to have my money tied up for a long time, mm-hmm. the juice really has to be worth a squeeze. Like it has to be a pretty big price. And I, I know people like doing this over the summer. Christ, they're out now. There's game of the year. Dan pointed this out. There's game of the year lines up for college football. And if you have the bankroll that you've split up in a decent way where it's you're fine letting that money hang out, you can get some really good prices on game of the year. It's like, you know, there's pe- there's lines that are going to move 10, 15 points between now and when the game is played based on some things happening. You, it's hard to predict that all the time, but. Man, if I bet an if I bet an NFL future, it'd have to be a massive price on something. Yeah, that was kind of where I was going. Do you think? Because uh, I going back to the off the top, it's pre free agency, pre draft, pre everything. I think you tough. know what I think you know what I'm going to say. I, I honestly don't. I'm I'm lost here. I kind of want to bet the Falcons. In case they pull off, the <laughs> that's not what off. I thought you were going to say. Jesus in case they, Christ. in case they pull it off, they are they are set up so perfectly Lamar? to bring Lamar. Lamar plus a good tight end plus a good wide receiver plus doesn't matter at running back because they've proven that they can make whatever work with that draft. NFC which... South, which is by default, they win. Yeah, you win that by default with Lamar at that point because not only is there no other quarterbacks in the division unless Carolina trades for something, uh, they're probably starting a rookie or worse. Yeah, everybody could be starting. Everybody could be, yeah. Panthers Panthers probably three seed, or excuse me, Falcons three seed at worst. Um, Easy schedule. Easy schedule. Maybe the two seed, which would be not a big difference between the two and the three. Uh, the only question would be what, how much draft capital are they giving up for Lamar? Two firsts and something else, probably. Yeah, because then they, they have other needs, and it's hard to fill it in without those draft picks. They'd have to be pretty aggressive in free agency too for something <sighs> like that. I'm looking at a thousand to win a hundred thousand. Seem crazy? Yeah. that's the biggest bet i could probably get down right now i think i can cash out my cavalier tickets for price good price now oh good little bit of money don't ever trust the texans don't ever trust the falcons dan says that's honestly words to live by put that on my gravestone 100 to 1 just remember just just basically trying to capture equity on a potential super high upside move by them at the quarterback position. Because, like, of every team that realistically needs to upgrade, they have been the quietest, which means they are back-channeling, putting together a package that cannot be beat. They got beat for Watson last year. They're not getting beat this year for Lamar. What about, like, 40 or 50 on NFC? I feel like... Uh... Let me see what that price is. That's better. It's a, it's a higher probably, likelihood, for sure. Yeah, it's a way better bet. I don't think you can get man, that much. I don't get... know that you're going to be able to get that much down, though. Let me see. Uh, let's not let's not end the show with this downer betting the Falcons. <laughs> God, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see what happens in free agency this way. Forty to one, I can get two and forty k on the NFC. 
Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right with that. Dude, a lot of games indoors. Nobody gets the Falcons don't get hurt. Uh, they've avoided they had the fewest like the fewest ACLs um, going. You saw the ACL chart lately, I'm sure, right? I did. I did. Somebody Falcons are way down there. Just yeah. <sighs> AJ Terrell anchoring that defense. Here's a good bonus uh, topic. Maybe not even specific games. I actually teased uh, Noops about this. I teased the general betting public and kind of as a whole this morning with this. I said, hey, you have the – here's a bunch of players who haven't played for seven days. What's going to be like the most used trope? In, First half unders for sure, yeah. Is it – yeah, it's just like – or the – you know, this team is – they had, they had such a rough schedule and they run ragged in the first half. Now they're healthy and rested. Like uh, they're going to cover all this numbers. So I, I didn't know if it would be something like that. First half unders really checks out though, as far as a, and also is that actually a thing or should Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> they're all deflated though. So don't. All right. I'll leave it alone. They used to be a bigger thing. Like same way Christmas unders used to be a bigger thing. Um, yeah. Largely, largely priced in ish. Not entirely. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna watch. I'm just gonna watch NBA. Just gonna take it in tomorrow. Okay. For Champions League, I'm riding a Champions League heater. No, today was the fourth day. The four day, four uh, match days. You know what that means? Europa. Europa. <laughs> oh God. Europa's like the meme of the guy sneaking up behind the guy and like. Oh yeah, I'm so Jason caught up. Momoa? I'm so caught up. Oh yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, Europe is sneaking up on shape is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Henry, yeah, Jason Momoa sneaking up on Henry Cavill. Um, the uh, the uh, look at this guy. Uh, this is good talking to you at the bar the other the other night. Oh, there you go. Stop hating football. I don't hate football. I love football. Um, if that, if that happened in Arizona. I kind of remember parts of it. We had taken, it had been just downing gummies that whole time. <laughs> and the one night, God, how many banquets? Were you? Just buying by the buckets. We were going bucket after bucket. I know. After I looked at my, good. I looked at the old bank account after. So yeah, I did some like, damage. What did, what did I keep <laughs> buying for sixty dollars? Did some damage out there. It was a bucket of goddamn beer. Oh, I think I got like through four of them. So we must have yeah. gone through a dozen. Well, um, all right. Well, good work by us. Uh, yeah, I've been uh, I'm uh, pulling for to pull off the impossible against PSG. This <laughs> PSG going down, yeah. You cut out, nobody heard. That's why I said I <laughs> it was I funny four, four yeah. times in the stream. It was funny too. Noops and I, that's almost worth a clip. Noops looking at the uh, Champions League lines this morning. He's like, how the hell is the Man City line two and a half? Uh, well, shouldn't that be a three? And I'm like, it's going to, he's like, is it a trap? And there's no traps. But I'm like, I kind of <laughs> like the under, but there's no chance I'm betting a Man City under. And it's funny, I ended up on an over in that game, um, uh, a, live, a live over one and a half, which did get there, but. Christ, that was closer than it needed to be. But Inter, Inter uh, looked like shit for 80 minutes, got a red card, and scored with like uh, at the 85th or somewhere in there. And Romelo Lukaku, yeah, yeah, Rocky chair. <laughs> nobody, I, nobody got my uh, nobody. I don't think enough people got my tweet either. I got it. Well, well, 
Yeah. You're, you're yeah. shooting at, you're, 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 uh, you're a high level, uh, joke craftsman. So it's I wanted, not, I wanted some, I almost turned off, I almost turned off replies just to see if someone would be mad about that. I wanted to finish it. They used to, <laughs> they made them stop doing that cheer back at man, man, you, because it was vaguely racist. Some of the implications yes. of the it had whiffs of racism. Yeah, it had the it aroma. It had the aroma of racism. Yeah. That's why I only did part of it. So yeah. okay. Um. Right, yeah. Well, instead of the Falcons, we'll end with that. Um, no, Falcons are winning the ship. Yeah, Porto. You deserve better on Porto plus a half guy. I just want to see Lamar on that fast field in uh, in Las Vegas next year, this time of year. Just shredding, just shredding Mahomes and the Chiefs. Real, uh, this is what we will close with. Give me predictions for Carr and Carr, Rogers and Lamar. Just fast, faster. Carr's faster. washed. Rogers is washed. Oh, Lamar which, which, wins the Super Bowl. Which teams do they go to? <laughs> oh, oh sorry. <laughs> uh, Carr Jets, because that's the least awesome thing uh, yeah. that, that could happen to the Jets. Rogers. Uh, fuck, man. Stick with Packers. Uh, and then Lamar actually leaves. Okay. I'll go Rodgers Jets because this whole Derek Carr thing seems so overblown. Oh, so bad. Uh, Carr Carolina because I don't understand how the Saints can sign people. Like, they have to cut so many people. And, uh, I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll Roger or Lamar to the Falcons is just too much fun. I love it. Lamar to the Falcons would be the best. That, that would be about. super fun. It's fucking go. Rogers to Jeopardy. That's a good call out of the half. Ooh, Rogers out of the league. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with Carl League too. By the way, I don't really care where he goes. Um, all right, let's wrap. Good show. Best. We'll get him next year again. Hope you guys all enjoyed. Just the family feud. Well done, Luke. Never trust the